Amen. Amen. Talking about the confession of faith today. We've been talking about faith and faith opening the door to the supernatural. Um, the, The door of the supernatural swings on two hinges, believing and speaking. That's how you got saved. The first supernatural door that opened up in your life was the day you got born again and you made Jesus Lord. And when you did, Jesus became one with your spirit. So believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and speaking, confessing was the first supernatural experience that you had. And so believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural off Romans 10, 9, 10. I like the subject of faith because faith in the Bible is the impossibilities of God coming to pass. And um, I believe in this hour, we're going to have to really start taking that, those stories in the Bible, that not, they're not just stories, uh, you know, God supernaturally coming on Samson to defeat an entire army by himself. Uh, God supernaturally coming on the children of Israel, taking them out of the land of Egypt or being enslaved to the, uh, Egypt is a type of the world system, slaved, enslaved to a land of prosperity. And, you know, going to the promised land, defeating giants, all those were impossible situations. And if we think about our lives today in America, a lot of people can look at the economy and the world and say, there's a lot of impossible situations happening today. I mean, just look at what's happening in the Texas border at the moment. And uh, we, need to, we need to pray. Actually, I'm going to pray over that right now. Father, we thank you for what's happening in America. We, Father, we protect every uh, Texan and Florida person that's going down there to, to guard the border Father, we just thank you for a turning back in America, but ultimately a turning to you. We understand that you said there'll be wars in the last day and and rumors of wars. But Father God, we thank you that ultimately your plan will prevail. Father, we pray that shots will not be fired from federal agents to Texans and back and forth, that this will be resolved. And uh, we just pray that your protection over people, over the border. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. But we're entering into that time. And if you look at the Old Testament, all the wars and the battles that were fought, and if you, even in the New Testament, there's things in the book of Revelation that says are coming to pass that are going to happen, but Jesus put us here on the earth to make a difference in this time. He didn't leave us here and say, hey guys, hold on till I come, enjoy yourself. Hey, welcome from, (laughs) you know, you guys, because y'all were here for so long, you just look like a member of our church, so... They are still a member of our church. <laughs> Welcome from up north. I'm sure it's a lot warmer here. But um, I started just stepping out and believing God for supernatural situations every day. And wanting to see the demonstrations of God in my own life. Especially in the area of finance. In the area of my home and living situation. Um, in the area of business. Just believing God that I can increase from where I'm at now. I mean, all those... There's, I mean, I have a whole book from Bishop Boyd Depa who built a church that holds 50,000 people with no foreign money, all from just the principles of God. And one thing that he said in this book was, uh, the more that I'm reading it, he says that, he said, the entrance of thy word gives light. And he says, the more light you have and the more understanding of the word, he says, the more prosperous you will actually become. Because he says prosperity will follow the person who's filled with God and filled with the understanding of God. If God showed up on the earth, money is going to follow him. Why? The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the cattle on a thousand hills, the silver and the gold is his. It does not belong to the sinner. It does not belong to the politicians. It does not belong to all the sports players. It belongs to him. He created it, and he created it to have a covenant with you. We're going to get into that in just a minute. 
and have a covenant with Abraham. And he gave it to Abraham in Deuteronomy. And so the prosperity belongs to you. All these things belong to us. But it is by faith, without faith, Hebrews 11.1, it is impossible to please him. For you must believe that God is a rewarder. You must believe that when you seek God, when you show up on Sunday morning, you're seeking him, God is rewarding you. You must believe that he is a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking him. You guys are here this morning. When you take time and go into prayer, you're diligently seeking the Lord. You're praying, you're spending time, you're taking time out of your daily routine to to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord. And so he says, I am a rewarder of a person who's diligently seeking him. Why? You're wanting to tap into the supernatural. You're wanting to tap into God's abilities, not your own abilities. And um, I think that the more that I, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that the natural doesn't really produce a whole lot of results. It just seems to take forever for anything to happen. But I've realized when I started praying over stuff, even in this church, stuff started to change and change quick. And, um, you know, just even just how far that we've come just in the past few years with the building being paid off and, you know, the renovations happening and, and I'm, I have a vision and just stepping out in faith and, you know, I've got a, I stuck a new TV up there. I, I've been had a dream that, you know, people out there, pastor can be 75 inches and people can, I want people to be able to see pastor when they're out in the foyer. Because we're going to have overflow. That's what we're shooting for, preparing for put a little surround sound, but I'm taking steps of faith, but I've been believing on some of that stuff for over a year. And then finally, we're, you know, the money's coming in and we're able to pull the trigger one thing at a time, just one thing at a time. The coffee shop's being renovated. Paul uh, got an amazing job. He's got paid double what he was making at Rapture Air. I got him the job at Rapture Air just off of a whim one day. I was talking to Nick, uh, the owner of Rapture Air, and they're just talking about how they're short-staffed. And I just said, well, I got this guy, Paul Condon, and then they hired him. Paul knew nothing about AC. Paul rose to the top. Now he works for Strata, makes double money. Now he can work here half the time, just, just as on his own time. But he makes twice as much now to where he doesn't have to work every single day, or he only works a few hours in the morning, and it's more money than he was making with Rapture. And now he's renovating the entire coffee shop because it's out of his heart. But we've been praying. And so prayer and faith and speaking open the door to the supernatural. What is your confession of faith? What are you believing God for today? God is in the business of supernatural results. God is in the business of the impossible situations in your life. Say impossible situations are nothing for God. And they're happening for me today in Jesus' name. So I used my little Celica as an experiment. I bought it in you know, um, I didn't get to see the car before it got to me, and it's kind of when I, I trust people to send them ahead of time to go get something for me, and it comes back, and I'm like, what is this? Oh, my gosh. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so I just said, you know what? I'm not going to sit there, and I, it's just my own mistake. I should, I just, you should go inspect what you expect is what my mom always says to me. I expect people to have the same level of excellence that I have. And then you get there and you're sadly disappointed because you're not inspecting what you're expecting from people sometimes. And I have only myself to blame. I'm not going to get mad at people. But I just said, all right, I take the responsibility of some of my actions. But I said, let's use this as a faith experiment. I'm going to just start pointing to it at home and speaking to it. I just want to talk to it. I'm not even, I don't want to put money into it. I've already got enough money into it. And I started seeing situations with the car change to where not only was the, uh, uh, within 20 minutes that one day, it was a, one of the kids from this church. He's a young kid, but he makes great money, and we're driving, and he calls me. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm behind you right now. He's honking his horn at me, 
And, um, and I was like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm at the lot getting some car stuff. He goes, what are you doing with that Celica? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm just believing God that something's going to happen to that thing and could talk into it. And then that's when he said, uh, I got an account with Green Star. He says, I'll call them. And he said, oh, they just got a Celica motor in. He said, guess what? I'll pay half for it if you want to get it. I said, let's do it. And then as soon as that happened, Tom started coming to this church. Tom used to own the junkyard across the street from on 441, the big, big junkyard, I think. He retired that thing, sold it or whatever. And um, he, I didn't know he owned that, but he just told me one day, he said, I'll just come get it for free. Take it to my son's place. Let him do it. Let him take care of it. I've just been talking to the car, just speaking to it. And so I'm learning that believing and speaking, Mark chapter 11, whatever you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever things you say. That's one part of your confession of faith. And so what I've learned is that the more that I've studied that scripture, and after a while it kind of looks like it gets boring, and then I just go back over and say, no, it's the word. It's God talking to me. Because what happens is, is you, when, like when you're standing on healing for something, put your faith in the word, on the word, not on the, oh, is it going to happen? Oh, I want to see it. No, my faith is on Mark chapter 11, what this says. That's why he's saying you stand on the word of God, because this book or this book right here is your foundation for when, the, is your title deed for, the, for what happens in your life. And the more that I've learned to, to look at this and say, no, it'll happen because this scripture right here says it'll happen. I'm standing on this scripture right here. This is my, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm wanting to see more in the areas of miracles and healings. And I, I got to pray over Mary Fran when I was with her. And we got to see her, uh, they took her neck brace off the day after we left and we prayed. And I'm watching God and it's not just based off just the word that he, that he healeth you and taketh all your iniquities. Acts 3.16, faith in his name makes you whole. And so that's those scriptures. Those are my foundations of what I stand on. That's, that's what happens. And seeing those things. So the ne- and what was funny was we walked into the room and she was kind of, she was, I mean, when you're in that, the rehab facility after you fall, it is not a fun sight. And she's, you can tell she's agitated being there. But when we left, she was moving quicker than she was when we got there that morning. She was walking around. And um, I think she was using the cart in the morning, and by the end of the day, I mean, she was just moving and walking. And then the next day, they took the brace off of her. So we're seeing things happen very quickly for her. They've and they've been telling her that this is a very speedy recovery for her. Because, but her whole focus is this: her, she sees herself back out preaching. She's already gotten six or five invitations to the nations. And that's where she sees herself. She doesn't see herself. I mean, when you look at that, the NHC place is all retired people dying. Everybody's there. It looks like they're getting ready to die. A lot of people are there. Their families have them. They're paying for it, for the families to stay there, the people to stay there until they pass. And I can see that when you look around you in the natural, the natural, the natural is very depressing. But we don't look to the natural. The Bible says we look into the unseen, which is eternal. The unseen is where things happen. The natural is always subject to change. It might be facts, but it is not truth. Truth is the word. And so um, anytime you, well, let's talk a little bit about the confession of faith. Uh, there's different types of confessions in the Bible. You have the Jews' confession of sin, which was when they baptized John, John's baptism in Mark chapter one. Then you got the confession of the sinner under the new covenant, which Romans 10, 9, 10, where a person becomes born again. Um, then you have a believer's confession of his sins, 1 John 1, 9. That is where a believer uh, breaks fellowship with the Lord. 
um, and he's confessing his sins before the Lord. Um, and then you got the confession of your faith, right? I'll talk a little bit about um, the, let's see, the believer's confession of sin. First John 3.10, which we've seen and heard, we declare that unto you that you may also have fellowship with us and that our fellowship is with the Father. You still have relationship with God, but fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things I write to you, that your joy may be full. Anytime that fellowship's broken with God, you can tell by a person because they don't have joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. A believer should have joy. Jonathan was preaching yesterday in California, and he said that he's had more people come to his church because he's been funny with them. Instead of, he said, I've always heard people say, I've just been telling my kids, been telling my grandkids they need to get saved. He said, why don't you just be around them and have some joy? He said, that's why they're not coming to church. You're over there telling them and trying to force them and shove them. And he said, I get around people, and he said, I'm just funny. He said, he made his barber laugh so hard, and he said, what, he goes, what, what do you do? And he said, I'm a preacher. And he said, get out of here. You're not a preacher. <laughs> his, his pilot started coming to church because he's so funny. People, you should have an expression of joy on your face as a believer. People should ask for the hope and the reason for the hope that you have. And don't get me wrong, yesterday I was, after, not, no, the funeral was actually very funny, um, talking about Jerry. And Jerry was always very funny. Can somebody turn the AC down or turn the fan on? Is Harvey here? You can check that AC. I'm just hot. I'm, and I see she's back there fanning. Thank you, Harvey. But there should be a joy with a fellowship with God. When there's sin in your life, joy is, uh, fellowship is broken. Um, Bishop Boyadepa was saying that the mother of poverty is sin. And that's the, one of the first chapters in his book. Sin keeps you. He says there's the pleasures of the world and then there's pleasures of God. And he says, but it says the world's pleasures are only temporary. They only last for a short season, and then they bring forth death. Where God's good pleasure, it says that it is actually eternal. It lasts forever. So you can have a sure, you can tell people that the pleasures of God, it says that Moses did not want to have the short-term pleasures of Pharaoh with Egypt, but he wanted to go on to the pleasures with God that would be for eternity. And so when you have broken fellowship with God, it says... It says if we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness and we lie, do not, we're not in the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. So you can tell your fellowship with God, how you're doing with Jesus, by how you're doing with people. Because you can't say that you love God and you hate people or you're upset at people. Because God loves people. And we show that we love God by loving people. And so you cannot be, well, Pastor Mark always says, you cannot be any more closer to God than you are yielded to the Holy Spirit or yielded to Jesus and yielded to the, the things that Jesus has commanded us in his word. And so um, he says here that we, we say we don't have sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So he's just saying that we, um, these are words are written to believers. First is a warning. I'm on page 65 if you want to know. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> School class. These words are written to believers first as a warning all the way over to the very right with broken fellowship. Second, these scriptures are to show believers the way back into fellowship. We say we have fellowship with the Lord and we're walking in darkness. The Bible says we do not tell the truth. In other words, God is saying if I'm out of fellowship and I declare that I'm spiritually all right, I'm not telling the truth because I'm not all right with God. If I say I've not committed sin and yet um, my fellowship with God is broken, then my faith is feeble. That's what I wanted to say. When you have broken fellowship with God, your faith's not really working. When you feel like it's, when your heart's condemning you and messing with you, just get it right and confess it before the Lord. Sometimes you got to go to people. Just get it under the blood and say, this may be where I was, but it's not where I'm going. It may have been today, and, and 
I, yesterday I put on Jonathan preaching and he preached me back happy. Just get, had to get the joy back in me because you're, we're in a fallen world. We're in a world where stuff's constantly being thrown. We're watching the news. We're watching what's happening. And uh, I just listened to the word for, a few, for 30 minutes yesterday. And I said, you know what? Because I was like, I got to do all this stuff. I got so much to do today. I got so much. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. And the, the way that I was thinking was affecting my body yesterday. Because I felt like I hurt so bad. I started listening to Jonathan preach. I was laughing. And then I thought, you know what? I actually feel great right now. I'm not as tired as I was. I'm going to go to the gym. Praise God. And I started thinking about, and he, was, he actually started preaching on joy and the goodness of God and what God's doing and people are getting born again. And I thought, you know what? I don't, I don't you know what? I don't care what's happening today. I'm going to go enjoy my day. I'm going to go have a great day. You know what? I went to the gym and I said, you know what? I'm going to Chick-fil-A today. I don't care about the finances. I'm going to go buy a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And then I found Jeannie's Chick-fil-A gift card that she gave me. It's in, it in my truck. You know, and, and sometimes you just have to go, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy, the Bible says have faith in God. Don't have faith in man. Don't have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in the economy or the president. And one thing I love that Bishop Boydepa was saying in his book, he said that the covenant of prosperity, he said, will work. In, and it says that when Isaac sowed in the land of famine, he reaped a hundredfold. He says, it does not matter what part of the world you're in. When you are a sower, a tither, and you're confessing the word, it will work 100% of the time. He said, I don't care what city. He said, we built our entire church without foreign aid in Africa, Nigeria, with any, without any American money help. Yeah. And because of the word. And he said it'll work 100% of the time, doesn't matter where you're at or what country. He said it doesn't matter what economy you're in, the ground has to respond to the word of God. See, the whole kingdom of God is seed time and harvest. So that's when, you're, when you're, uh, you're robbing yourself of faith being out of fellowship. But you just confess it and get back right. Now let's go to um, page, let's go to page chapter 10. It's going to be the first page. Uh, let's see, they don't have pages on that. It'll be 71. Believing plus confession equals activated faith. So he goes into Mark eleven twenty three. Verily I say to you, whatsoever you say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, not doubt in your heart. But believe those things which you say, you, it shall come to pass. And it says, he shall have whatsoever you sayeth. You're having whatsoever you say 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, good or bad. So he says, notice that the latter part of uh, Romans 10, 10, with the mouth, confession is made unto, and he has that word unto very uh, highlighted. The text says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. But that's not only true concerning salvation. It is true concerning everything else we receive from God. Everything you receive from God comes the same way, through faith. For example, it is with the heart that man believes when it comes to receiving healing, and it is with the mouth that confession is made unto healing. So with the heart that the man believes when it comes to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto this Pentecostal experience. Whatever it is that you receive from God, it is done the same way, through faith. Faith is activated by believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. So he was saying faith is believe with your heart and faith and, and unto um, notice Romans 10, with the mouth confession is made to un unto healing, under prosperity, under deliverance, under anything that you need. So your heart is where you're sowing the word of God and the seed of the word of God, and your mouth is the confession that, that brings that to pass. It is activating the unseen realm and bringing the unseen, Hebrews 11 1 in one translation says, it takes the unseen realities and makes it a reality into your life. 
And that is far better than uh, saving for 25 years. Watching the supernatural produce things. And um, Jim Hockaday was the one that told me, he said, just start experimenting with the supernatural. Just start believing God for things and start speaking where your faith's at. And, and watch God start bringing stuff to pass in your life. Wednesday night, I was preaching, and um, I started calling out towards the end of my sermon, talking about that Jesus is in us, and because Christ is in us, all limits are removed. And I started calling out at the end of service the healings and different things, because that was one thing Jim and I had started talking about. He said, just take a step out in faith and start calling out. When I did, I could feel the anointing fill the room Wednesday night. I never felt it like that before. I never felt like him demonstrated the end of service after I preached. Usually it's a good teaching and then we all head home. But what I'm seeing now is the second you start saying what you want to see God do, what you believe, and you start speaking it out, he'll start demonstrating himself because you're giving him uh, an area to move, but you're also giving people something to hook their faith with. And so that's why uh, I've seen many healing ministers that, have such strong faith in healing, they'll say to them, do you believe that Jesus is able to heal you right now? And most people are like, oh man, I couldn't believe for that. Well, they got to a point where they could believe for that. As Smith Wigglesworth told a guy, he said his go, he needed, uh, his feet were, um, he had nubs on his feet or something, and he told him, he says, go put your feet, go get a pair of shoes made, and when you do, your feet will be healed. Well, I'm, I'm not there yet. I haven't seen that. But I'm taking steps of faith towards stuff like that. Praying for, praying for, pray for an earache. Pray for, get sickness off you when it tries, the symptoms try to get on you. Someone comes to you and says they're not feeling well, pray for them, lay hands on them, drive the devil off of them. But I've been reading Smith Wigglesworth where sometimes he just walk in a room and just say Jesus over and over and over where the person's sick, laying there with no hope. They're gonna die, they look mangled, they're not coming back and him just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus until the person a few days later rises up off the bed. And I'm reading that because Smith Wigglesworth is challenging and feeding my faith in that area of stepping out and, and healings. But I'm also stepping out, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. If you're, if you're not even going to pray for your neighbor over the common cold and, and say sickness and disease, get off them in Jesus' name. Let's believe God that he's going to break this right now off you. And in the name of Jesus, sickness and disease, get off. Every symptom, get off. If you can't take those steps of faith with people, you're not moving on to the next realm of faith. So take, take baby steps. Don't go out and you know, try to, I mean, if you have faith and you're standing on the word because that's the word is the foundation and say your leg's going to grow back right now. But I've seen where like with Mary Fran, she said that she started, she didn't start there. But at some point she got there to where she was praying for people and their eyes were coming. She said she saw an eye formed back right before her eyes. One thing I've learned is that when you want to see something, talk about it a lot. Jonathan will preach on healing for an hour, tell testimonies of miracles. What is he doing? He's charging the atmosphere with faith. I started realizing that. that He's talking about healings with A.A. Allen. He's talking about healings in his own ministry, talking about someone who got healed last Sunday. And I mean, for almost an hour and a half. And then he starts praying for the sick and boom, healings are popping. Why? He charged the atmosphere full of faith. When you're talking to people, you're going to have to, tr- to take them out of whatever junk that they're in and give them a little bit of a charge, kind of shake them up a little bit. Tell them that God can change your situation. Only believe. What did, what did Jesus say to Jairus? He said, your daughter is dead. He said, only believe. Just believe, Jairus. Believe that I'm coming to your house and that I'm going to heal her right now. Jairus, your daughter is dead. Only believe, Jairus. Just believe. And sometimes that's where you have to get to a point where you're in the Word, you're studying. This book, I've read this three times now. I still love it. 
It's helping me to believe. It's helping me to believe for the supernatural in my own life. And so faith, with, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So um, Romans 10, 8 and 10, he says that the word is even nigh thee. It's in thy mouth. You got to get the word in your, in your mouth. You got to get it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I have every single thing that I need. I'm building a confessions book. It's taken me a little while to come out with it because I'm trying to get dad's book, The Storyteller, out. I can't get the confessions book out while, while he's got his storyteller because then he's going to kill me because he thinks I'm over there working on my book. But his book is very hard at the moment because he's got so many illustrations in it. And I'm working with my brother. We finally finished it. Um, so now I can get it out. But I'm building a confessions book. But before that, I put everything down on, on a, in a notebook and wrote them out. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I have every single thing that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, different translations. I lack for nothing. I don't have a want. It says that, that he'll give you the, not only the desire, it gives you the desires of your heart. So things that you want, not just the things that you need. And so um, your parents, he says if your parents are natural and they give good gifts, why wouldn't your heavenly father give you all that much more? Amen. And so if my, my dad he just says, sometimes I would love to bless you with this, this, that, and whatever, but I'm not able. But it says that God is able. And so he wants to, but he's got, but God is a faith God. He's moved by the realm of faith. He's moved by what you believe. And sometimes <clears throat> your confession, most of the time your confession will actually school you into believing. When I first said I had a Ford Raptor, I, I didn't believe it. I would laugh at myself when I said that. I couldn't see myself driving that truck, but I kept saying it. I kept saying it. Mark chapter 11, um, every scripture that I could find on prosperity, I was quoting it. Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He causes men to give unto me. Same measure I use, he gives it back to me. He that sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm quoting those every single day, saying I have this truck in Jesus' name. If the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the cattle on a thousand hill, and the silver and the gold's mine, and it's God's, and I'm his son, and I claim that every, all the stuff, the metals in the earth belong to me, and if they take all the metals and slap it into a truck well then that belongs to me as well in Jesus name and so the only reason the, the price is high I mean some of the parts are nicer but I've learned this with expensive cars that sometimes the price is real high because number one it's being exclusive they don't make a lot of them so that drives the price up same thing with Rolex watches doesn't mean the material is all that much better but sometimes like Rolex will pay to put their logo on a car for the F1 formula race, which costs all that money and marketing goes into the watch when you buy it. You're paying for that exclusiveness to have, you know, so you're not really paying for the, the materials in the earth. You're paying for the name of being exclusive, right? And so I said, but if the materials in the earth are God's, then that belongs to me. See, people, man can put a price on something and say this costs as much. But really, God can get anything to you. Yeah. It's not as, I've learned that most things are not as much as what people have say that they are. Man says that they are. That's why when you drive a car off the lot, it drops like an expensive sports car, like a $200,000 car, it drops immediately like 30 or 40 grand. Why? Because that was the marketing money that they put in behind it. Or that was the money that they paid the dealership. And so the, the, the material's not that much. There's billions of watches in the earth. There's millions and millions and millions of watches in metal. There's no shortage of watches. But it's, it's the shortage is what people think. The shortage is what they tell you. Um, I've heard this, and I'll, I think Grant Cardone said it, is that either Rockefeller or one of the Carnegie or somebody said that they wanted to tell people there was a shortage of oil. So it would drive the price up. It would keep him owning it. There's enough wealth in the earth that everybody could be rich. 
But as long as people are telling you that you cannot be rich and that there's not enough resources in the earth, you're going to believe that. I don't believe that God made the earth so man can live forever on it, and now they're telling us we're out of a shortage of everything. They're, Satan is a liar. They're all a bunch of bold-faced liars. So, you, so God made the earth, and then it was only going to last a few thousand years. Give me a break. All that, that, all that stuff is a lie. I mean, you, I mean, just stuff just, I mean, look at my chickens. Every day I'm getting five, six, seven eggs. They just keep popping them out. Just keep popping them out. Just keeps making them. God made everything to reproduce after its own kind, to reproduce, to make more of it. God, anywhere God was, it, he produced. Where the spirit of God is, now I can see under sin, everything dies. But with the believer gets around it, I mean, if the anointing of Paul went into a handkerchief, imagine what your anointing does when it gets on your property. Gets, I talk to my chickens. I say, pay rent in Jesus' name. Produce eggs in the name of Jesus. They do. I mean, yesterday alone, I think I had five or six eggs just, just from them all. But I believe that if, if the, 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 the shadow of Peter could heal people, why can't your presence even change your own property? I mean, change the place where you work, change the car that you drive. If, if the anointing was getting into cloths and healing people, why can't it get into the, to your stuff? And, and because it says that, that the earth groans because of sin. But when the spirit of the Lord is, is there is liberty, there is freedom. And that's where you are. You dwell in your house. Uh, it says everything has ears. Everything in your house has ears. Even all the metal was made from God being spoken into existence with the Holy Spirit hovering over it and making it come into pass. It came from him. And I believe it responds to him. Your stuff should respond to God, to the spirit of God. That's why I talk to my stuff. I talked to my truck this morning. I was driving and I thought, if the anointing can get into a handkerchief, why can't the anointing go into my truck and make it run well, run for a long time in Jesus' name? I saw that it was getting close to 130,000 miles, and you know how your brain goes. Man, that's not good. Got to keep the miles down. Got to keep the miles down. And the Lord said, why, why, can't, why can't it keep running? Why can't the anointing get in it like it does a handkerchief? It came from me. I spoke it into existence. Why can't it respond to the word of the Lord? Oh, I just put my hand on this morning and says, you'll keep running, and you'll run strong all the days of your life in Jesus' name. It responds to God. That's what faith is. I'm just, I'm doing, I'm experimenting with my faith. I, I just, I talk to my dad, God. God, what do you think about this? You made the earth. I, I'm tired of everything breaking. I'm tired of everything having to, to turn to rust all the time. But it's, but where, where, where God shows up, it doesn't. Everything blooms. God's in heaven. It says the trees grow 10 times, 30 times faster in heaven. When you pull an apple off, the apple comes right back. Why? In the presence of God. There's life. Jesus said, I come that you'd have life and have life more abundantly. So if he is the life giver, if he is the light giver, shouldn't your stuff respond to Jesus in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory? But it goes back to this. What do you, what do you believe? So I'm, I'm stepping out in my faith and just believing for things. Okay, God, you're in me. Your, your presence is in me. The anointing's in me. Help me. Show me what to do. What do I do about this situation? What do I do about that situation? What do I do about that broken thing over there? I'm tired of stuff in my property breaking in Jesus' name. Everything works. On the bottom right, it says, right thinking, believing, and confessing. Romans 10.10 says, with the mouth, confession is made unto. In this lesson, I want to discuss right thinking, right believing, and right confessing. What you think and what you believe will affect your confession, what you say. If your confession, if your thinking's right, your believing will be right. 
Because what you meditate on will eventually get down into your heart. And you will begin to believe that you, what you've been meditating on. If your believing is right, then your confession will be right. But if any one of these three is wrong, your thinking, your believing, and your confession, then all three will be wrong. God has given us his word to get our thinking straightened out. And when we think in line with God's word, we're believing will be right. When we are believing right, then what we say with our mouth will be right. What is confession defined? The dictionary says that to confess means to acknowledge or to own up or to acknowledge faith in. It also means to make confession of one's fault. But remember one's definition to make confession in one's faith or acknowledge the word of God. He said you can live on one side of the confession, the negative side, and constantly confess our faults and failures, and that's all we'll ever confess. Or we can go on to the other side as well and confess what God has done for us in his word. He says if we confess our sin all the time, will grow and be lopsided in our Christian life. This will build weakness and sin and a failure consciousness in our spirit. I'm not against dealing with sin and talking about it. But there's some people that they talk about, I'm just a sinner, this and that all the time. And what does that do? It builds a sin consciousness. And so he gets in here and he says, what are we to confess? We are to confess that we are new creatures in Christ. And we are to confess in whom we have redemption. And so confession is stating what we believe. Confession is declaring what we know to be true. Confession is proclaiming a truth we've accepted wholeheartedly. He says, we are to confess to the top of 72, what God has done through Christ in his plans of salvation, what God has done in the word by the Holy Ghost and the new birth by infilling the Holy Ghost, who we are to God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, what Jesus is presently doing for us at his right hand of the Father, and what God can accomplish through us and his word will accomplish through us as we proclaim it. So he goes into here, and he has a couple of these where he says, confess that you're new creatures. And it says anywhere, it says in Christ, or in whom, or, um, it's a, or in the spirit. He says, if any man in, in Christ, the new creature, we are a new creation, old things are passed away. The other part where it says in redemption, it says Ephesians 1, in whom in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So uh, then he goes, uh, Confess that you're redeemed from the curse of law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of law being made a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Then he says, confess that you're redeemed from poverty. And he gets into uh, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse that the, uh, uh, of the law being made a curse for us. Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. And so Abraham's blessing was a threefold nature. It was material or financial blessing, and he goes into all the scriptures. It was a physical blessing, and then it was a spiritual blessing. And so he gets into the, um, where he talks about Israel, because people would say, well, the blessing's just for the Jews. And he said, uh, in the first place, who are the Jews? The word for Jew is just simply a short-term nickname for Judah. The Israelites were never called Jews until after the 12 tribes split into Israel and Judah. But Judah didn't have any more promise of material and financial blessing than any of the other tribes. The Israelites all received inheritance and their blessings through their father Jacob called Israel. Jacob inherited the promised blessings through his father Isaac. Isaac inherited the promised blessing through his father Abraham. So it's not the Jews' blessing. It's not Israel's blessings. It's not Isaac's blessings. It is the Abrahamic blessing. And it says that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ in Galatians 3.13. So he said for years he swallowed an enormous teaching 
that you weren't allowed to have any money or all the money was for the Jews or for the covenant through Abraham. But he just, but he, but he shows you on page 75 that the, that the blessings were for the Gentiles, the Abrahamic blessing. And so all that God had promised Abraham. And he even gets into um, different parts. People say, well, I'm, I'm just as poor as Job. He said, actually, Job was the richest person in the entire earth. Job's troubles only lasted him nine months, and then God gave him double. So if you're going to confess that you have all of Job's trials, then you're going to take all of Job's blessings with it, and you're going to be the richest man in the entire earth. And so many people will live in the nine months of Job's trials, but they'll never study the other side of it to where Job, when Job came out of it. And so you can get to the point where, like Jonathan was saying yesterday, people can talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh all the time. That's all they ever preach on, or the negative sides, which that did happen to him for the abundance of revelations that was given to him. But that's where the Lord says, but my grace is sufficient for you. And what I gave you is more than enough, Paul. Get on with it and keep going. But people will stay on that side of the scripture and focus on it and preach on it. And what it, so what is it, wrong believing, wrong thinking, wrong confessing? It is a true statement of what Paul said, but it's not the whole thing of what Paul said. Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament. That's how you know the Bible's real when you got a guy going around killing Jews and turns around and writes three quarters of the New Testament. You know God did something supernatural in somebody. He was shipwrecked, snake bitten, still went and healed people. He cast demons out of girls and, and preached the gospel all over Asia. And people only focus on one side of what Paul did. And so, but that's, but like he goes back into what, what do you focus on? What do you believe in? What do you read on in, in the word? There are warnings about money. It says don't love money. Don't, don't fall in love. Don't get greedy. Don't get to where you're so in love with money that, that you're chasing it seven days a week and you're no longer thinking about God or the purposes of God. Money is just a tool. Money is to be used to advance the kingdom of God. And so money is a tool to where you can bless people and get them born again. Pastor Mark was telling a, a story where he was in a restaurant and um, he started off handing the girl a $100 tip. And, and she freaked out and was so thankful. She said, thank you so much. Thank you so, oh my, thank you. He goes, you're so thankful. I'm going to give you another $100 tip. And she goes, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I need this. Thank you. So he goes, you are, wow, you are so thankful. I've never met someone so thankful. He handed her another $100 tip. And then all the pastors gave her money. He said when she got done, she had an $870 tip. Talk about the supernatural Bless, he says, when you get thankful with God, he said, God will open up all kinds of supernatural doors for you. And that's another way that opens up the supernatural is your thankfulness. Any time in the Old Testament that they praised God, they worship him, they had joy, God would fight all of their battles for them. In his presence is fullness of joy. Come into God's presence singing, praising him, having joy. God will answer your prayers. He likes you to, to come because what is joy saying? God, I know I'm coming in here with faith that you are going to do something about this. I'm not worried about it. I've cast every care on you. I know that faith is working. I believe it says Mark chapter 11, have faith in God. I'm having faith in you. I'm coming into your presence with fullness of joy, knowing that I already have the answer. The Bible says I have whatsoever things I believe. When I say, believe that I receive them, I have them. So God, I'm just coming in here thanking you, praising you that I already have the petitions that I've asked for in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And he said, and Pastor Mark was talking about why? Watch what God opens when you're thankful. He says, imagine having a son who's just unthankful, ungrateful. Do you want to do more for a kid who's ungrateful? So what do you think God thinks about all day when you're just running and complaining? Oh, this, that, whatever, stupid job, this, people, employees. Oh, God, I hate this. God's not going, man, I really want to bless them today. I'm just really itching. No. 
Sometimes you just need to wake up and declare the opposite. Lord, this church is changing. Everybody in this church is working. Sometimes it just like everybody just wants to call out. People don't want to show up. The security people don't want to come. And I'm just, you know what? Thank you, Father. We have great people in Jesus' name. We have camera people. We have people to run the parking lot. We have people in every area of the church. The church is growing and thriving. You have to declare in the middle of a storm, in the middle of what you're going through, what the outcome is going to be. That's what faith is doing. It's opening the door to the supernatural, causing a change in our life. And uh, I started doing that. I started making a confession over my money and, and increasing. I'm always increasing. And it started happening. It took a few years to, for my finances to increase. It's not coming by the church. I started getting into a little bit of real estate. And I got some renters now. And, man, the money is coming in. Glory to God. But then it puts me in another predicament. That, you know, because I've given up my house, I've given up the other RV, and the money's coming in. I'm, whoo, thank you, Lord. I was believing for X amount every week, and it's starting to come in, and I've never seen this much money. And I thought, all right, Lord, well, now I need another place to live. <laughs> so I'm over here living in the RV. I'm, I'm like the, the, the rich slumlord right now, you know, <laughs> living in an RV, but I got two renters, and it's, and it's been a huge blessing. But, um, you know, it, it starts off little. It, we're... Uh, I was believing God for money and praying and asking the Lord. It says, give me wisdom. Show me what to do. I don't want to just go off on another business venture. But I have money. And I started sowing and confessing and just getting on all my, uh, because like he said, the more of the light of the word you have, the more, he says, really all financial prosperity is just believing and understanding your rights in the covenant. You are the beneficiary. You need to know what belongs to you by the beneficiary rights. Well, when you, have, when you know what belongs to you, then you can claim it. And you can have faith for it. And so like what the Lord told Brother Hagin, he says, you do believe that you're healed. He said, you just believe as far as you know. He said, the problem is you just don't know nothing. And so I've been studying prosperity because I want to know what is in the covenant right. What does Bishop Boy Depo know that I don't know? Because he knows a lot. He's got a massive church. So I'm reading his book right now going, God, give me, a, give me a revelation of the covenant. The entrance of thy word brings light. It brings understanding. It says, it says in Colossians, it says that the fullness, the boundlessness of the riches of Christ, the boundlessness of the understanding of, of Jesus and what he knows. Jesus knows everything. And there, he has all the riches in him. But it's your belief system, it's your faith that activates those things and brings them to pass. And so God is a God of faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so you need to know what you're having, even having faith in. And so the more you're studying areas of faith, like the covenant, studying finances, studying healing, you're having your understanding is growing. I don't know how it works, but I understand that the more that I've read and studied a subject, and and Mark chapter 11, 23, the more I've I've, uh, focused on that scripture, it's like the, the more it comes real to me and, and it, the seed, everything works off seed and time and harvest. It, it starts taking root in your heart. Yeah. And your heart's right. You have fellowship with God. You're walking with him. And God is a God of increase. You should be growing. You should be expanding. Um, the Lord told me something the other day because I, I thought with the real estate, you know, it would only happen for a short time. And the Lord says, no, once you've come, once you've crossed something, you can't go back. You're not, I, I didn't design for you to go backwards. You to have a small uh, portion of, oh, well, that worked for a few months and now it's not going to work anymore. You know, it's amazing how your mind can go so negative so fast. Okay, well, I just hit a good luck, uh, a God streak just for a few months. Well, no, this has been happening since last January. It's just been increasing. We started off renting the RV a little bit and then it kept renting and then I ended up renting my house out and then I thought, well, that's going to end soon. It just keeps going. And so I said, okay, Lord, well, if you said I'm not going backwards and I'm not going backwards, I'm believing I'm not going backwards anymore. Faith to faith from glory to glory. 
And so it says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God's not interested in you decreasing. What glory does he get out of that for you to go backwards in life? What glory does he, what kind of testimony is that to where you get up and say, well, I once was doing well in business, but now I've come, I'm a complete failure. What testimony is that to getting the gospel out if you're going backwards? But that's what Satan tells you. That's what Satan comes in and says, no, you're going backwards. Oh, that only, that was just this time. You just hit a good time in the market right now. Or just you found a couple good people that needed some help. Needed some, no, I'm going forward in Jesus' name. I'm going from faith to faith. I'm going from glory to glory. Uh, my giving's increasing, my tithing's increasing, my income's increasing in Jesus' name. You didn't put me on this earth. You didn't say give and it shall be taken. You didn't say give and sometimes it's going to work. You said give and what? It's going to keep giving. And so I've, I've doubled and tripled my giving. Even in the last week, I've been taking the money that I've been making and giving more. And the Lord said, you're not going backwards because you're sowing. You keep increasing your sowing so you're not going backwards in life. But Satan's going to go, oh, that's, that only works. That's only going to work a few times. Oh, that only worked last year. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that only worked. That's how the devil is. He's just a liar. And he lies about everything. He's been a liar since the beginning. But the Bible says what? Have faith in God. Don't have faith in people. Have faith in man. Don't have faith in what? The arm of the flesh. Don't put trust in people. I've learned in this church, my faith's in God. I don't care if anybody not, doesn't show up anymore. It says, let God remain true and every man be main, remain a liar. God, his word, he says, I place my word above my own name. This church will prosper if nobody ever showed up. Why? Because if it's based on the word of God and, the, and what we've done and, and what God told us to do and we're given and sowing, the church cannot fail. We're doing exactly what he told us to do. We have a covenant with God. And so he says, I will not, what did he say? My covenant, I will not break or alter the thing which has come out of my mouth. And so that cannot fail at all. And so if you're giving and you're sowing and you're believing and you're reading and studying the word of God and you're studying faith that's opening the door to the supernatural, it cannot fail. You're not going backwards. I will say you are not going backwards in this church in Jesus' name. Tonight, tomorrow, this year will be your best year. Today, forward in Jesus' name from faith to faith, from glory to glory, your face increasing. Come on, we got things we got to do. We're reaching middle schools. We're reaching kids. I'm tired of everybody You needing more money. No, you have the money. You're the givers of money. You guys are rich in Jesus' name. Money comes to you today, tonight. People coming across your path right now in Jesus' name. People are bringing you business deals in Jesus' name. Money's coming to you in the name of Jesus. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. No longer broke, increasing in the name of Jesus. Come on, wake up every day and say, Father, I thank you. Ministering spirits, they're going out and causing the money to come. Satan, get your hands off of it. I'm increasing in God. I'm increasing in the love of God. I'm increasing in the anointing of God. Money's chasing me down. I'm not looking for money, but money's coming after me. Come on, every business deal I make is a good deal in Jesus' name. I don't make bad business deals. I don't mess up and invest into bad things and lose lots of money in Jesus' name. I got the mind and the wisdom of God. And you got to wake up, and that's where he says that your confession will actually will we'll increase your faith yeah. and it'll bring it to pass yeah. yes. I wake up every day just talking to stuff on my property I talked to that uh, pond out there Wilson came out and saw my little, my little puddle <laughs> I dug with a shovel I went out there one day I was so mad and I, <laughs> Josh Lee saw it with me I said this pond is going to happen I don't care if I got to dig it with a shovel and, and uh, not only a few weeks later Wilson was out there with an excavator <laughs> it, <laughs> 
um, Jim Hockaday said, stay frustrated. He said, it'll increase your faith. He said, keep pushing. Sometimes you get sick of looking at something. I mean, that was my act of faith. I went out there with a shovel and I dug like a little uh, four foot wide hole. <laughs> and then he came. And then and the money came. And, and it happened. And we're moving on. We're going to keep building the pond. But I spoke to that pond for years. I said, I have a pond in Jesus' name of fish. I got fish now. I got tilapia and catfish. And they're like this big. I got ducks and chickens. And, so, and, God's, and God's good. He's faithful to his word. He's not in, interested in you decreasing and going backwards in life. So faith opens that door. And just keep your faith up. Keep your confession. What do you believe? What, what are you thinking about all day long? Are you thinking about going under? Are you thinking about America turning into civil war? Or are you thinking about you going and laying hands on the sick, getting people born again, and taking them to heaven with you? In Jesus' name. That's what our job is, is to change the earth. So Jonathan said, one last story, he says a, a kid was watching so much news last year during COVID, a few years ago, that he almost killed himself. And he turned on, checked the news, and he was laughing so hard from Jonathan that he ended up getting born again, turned his life around. He thought there was no hope watching too much news. He thought the whole world was going to hell in a handbasket and World War III was breaking out and everybody was going to die. So he just decided he was going to take his own life. But then he turned on some joy. Imagine how Satan, he has to get you in agreement. He's got to get you looking at the wrong things, agreeing with that. Depends on what you're looking at all day long. There was tons of battles and war in the Old Testament, but there was tons of victories in the goodness of God. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.